So when I was 17 years old, I managed to find myself in a group of student ambassadors on the other side of the world spending two and a half weeks in Japan. I'm not entirely sure how that entire process happened, but after our first six days in Tokyo, we found ourselves making our way to the southwest corner of the country uh, for the homestay portion of our visit. Now, we had been told that the families that we would be staying with would not have much room, and so we would have to split up our luggage, send all of the big things that we didn't need with us for three or four days on ahead to Nagasaki, and we would meet up with it there. So we were told just to pack a small duffel, which we all did, and the night before our homestays, we all stayed at a small inn in the town of Hirado where we met with local guides who would be with us for the next portion of our trip. And there they reminded us of a few things that we had covered in extensive preparation before ever leaving the country, but they just wanted to give us gentle reminders because we were 17 years old after all. And they told us again that the families we would be staying with were very modest. In fact, we had been told prior to the trip not to bring anything shorter than capris as it might be uh, inappropriate in public. We were told that our families were not the loud, huggy, abrasive families that most of us came from and that we were not to expect any physical contact with the families at any point. Maybe a handshake at best, but we were never to initiate that. And we were told that most of them would not speak any English. And then came a warning that I was not expecting and that we had not encountered at any point prior in the trip. Uh, half of the students were going to be staying on the mainland in a small coastal village, and the other half of us were going to be put on a boat, sent three hours out into the ocean to go stay on a small island. And this island, they told us, had more of a tropical feel to it than the mainland, and we should not be surprised if we were to encounter spiders larger than the size of our hand. But don't worry, they said, uh, the bigger they are, the less poisonous they are. <laughs> And also, you're not allowed to kill any of them because the families you're going to be staying with are all Buddhist and they value life very highly and this is a part of your experience in their community. Now, a lot of things might deter a 17-year-old from going around the world, might make you rethink your decision at some point in time, but the language barrier, the time away from my family, the social customs I was not used to, and the food that I in no way, shape, or form grew up eating in Kentucky uh, seemed to phase me one bit, but spiders, uh, I had a big problem with. <laughs> so with that warning, they sent us to bed and expected us to be all bright and cheery-faced when we arrived on the docks the next day. We jumped on board, spent a solid three hours crossing the ocean with very little land in sight when we finally came in view of a tiny island. And as we approached for disembarkment, our local guides came to us and they said, just so you know, there's going to be a brief 10-minute ceremony and then you'll all be sent off with your families. We were being sent off in pairs because there was such a great language barrier. And everybody kind of scrambled to grab their very little amounts of stuff. And Satoshi, one of the guides, came over to my friend Kira and I and he said, ladies, I need to talk to you. And we froze worried that somehow we had already violated a social custom before ever setting foot on this island. But instead, he told us that one of the families who normally hosted had to move off the island several weeks prior due to a family emergency, and that uh, they had just finally that week talked a family into hosting two students, but they were pretty reticent about the opportunity 
They were a very quiet family, more so than you would normally expect on a tiny remote Japanese island, and that this was going to be a trial experience for them. They would decide after this stay whether or not this was something they wanted to do in the future. And he thought we were the best ones to put our foot forward and leave them with a great experience. And at that point, we had arrived at the docks, so we disembarked, tried to process all that as the 10 minute ceremony was going on, and were uh, quickly finding ourselves in a very small car on a very small road headed to a very small house where we found exactly what we had been told we would. Our host mother waited by the door. She was a very small, meek woman, very soft-spoken, and uh, she didn't speak a lick of English. She didn't even know how to say hello other than to vaguely wave before we approached her and then bow when we got there. And she couldn't even quite bring herself to make eye contact with us. And so we bowed in return. She gave us house slippers and showed us to our room, leaving us a bit of privacy as we settled in. And Kira and I dropped our bags on the floor, plopped down on our beds, looked at each other, looked at the pillows, which were already tempting by that time in the morning, when I found a bit of a surprise, and it was not a dinner mint. I looked over, and there on my pillow was a teeny tiny little spider and all that kept running through my head was the line from our supper the night before don't worry the bigger they are the less poisonous they are and before i could jump off the bed let out a scream kira must have seen the panic in my eyes she killed the spider disposed of it in the waste bin since the door was shut and i realized that Perhaps my time with Japanese parents would not be so very different from my time with American parents, and what they didn't know didn't hurt them. <laughs> the next day, we went out for a community outing, and I found myself pretty exhausted by the end of the day, as did Kira. Our host mother had begun to open up, uh, open up to us a bit. She was occasionally making eye contact and um, sort of trying to gesture things out to us. And uh, Kira decided to take a shower first, when she came out into the small dressing room of sorts, I stepped in, quickly disrobed, grabbed the world's smallest towel, because it's what I had been given, and wrapped it around myself. And as I slid open the door to the shower room, my worst nightmare came true. A spider about this big came running straight at me, and I let out a scream like I never had before or have since. And I sprinted out the door just in time to pass my host mother and father who had jumped around the corner to see if an American teenager was being killed in their shower room. And I left Kira there half-dressed to explain that I was deathly terrified of spiders and could they please do something about it. Our host father ran off and quickly came back with a newspaper, and whereas I might have rolled up the newspaper and beat the thing to death, um, he decided to open up the newspaper and begin shuffling the spider out of the house. And I realized I had made a really grave mistake because I had positioned myself in a corner of the hallway that was in between him and the door. And I let out another scream, jumped halfway up the stairs, and by the time I turned around and looked back, I saw these meek, kind, generous people with this look of horror and disappointment on their faces, and I realized that I had quickly become their worst nightmare. 
I embodied every possible thought they ever had about getting a teenager who was loud, brash, disrespectful, and above all things, immodest. And I went to bed that night feeling a bit disappointed, but hopeful that the next two or three days would provide an opportunity for me to redeem myself. And when I woke up the next morning, I found that that was not to be the case. You see, in my suitcase that I had sent ahead to Nagasaki, there was a very important item, a bag of feminine products that I did not anticipate needing until much later in the trip, but stress and jet lag and anxiety do weird things. And Mother Nature had a different plan. Kira had not woken up yet, so quietly in my silent moments of panic, I reached for my English-Japanese dictionary and looked for anything that resembled anything about feminine care. And I finally, in the very back, found the word tampon put on my house slippers and headed down the stairs. And with every step, I felt my stomach sink lower and lower until it was sitting somewhere about here when I hit the ground. And I was not just crying, I was sobbing. And I'm not entirely sure how I found my way to the kitchen where my host mother was diligently preparing food for lunch already. Somehow we had slept in so late. And when she saw this small, very loud and unfortunate white girl sobbing in her kitchen. She rushed over and began patting me from head to toe, <laughs> trying to figure out what on earth could cause such a commotion and unaware perhaps because of her inexperience hosting international students that there were a plethora of things in here and here that could also cause that reaction. And this time I was the one who could not make eye contact. I held out the dictionary pointed to the word as best I could with my shaking hands, and I watched a look of confusion come over her face when I realized that they had told us somewhere along the line that the dialect of Japanese spoken on this tiny island was quite different from the dialect spoken on the mainland. And she darted off, grabbed her Japanese-English dictionary, and flipped forward and backward and forward and backward until she found something that translated to sanitary napkin, and I nodded so fast <laughs> and before I knew it she was gone and back in the blink of an eye with dozens of options <laughs> I took what I needed returned to my room and although I was set in the area of feminine care the next few days were pretty stressful ones I kept my head down as much as I could Kira became the spokesperson for the two of us and on all of the community outings as we watched these quiet families open up into little pockets of joy our host mother still had a hard time interacting with us on the final morning we made it to the docks and I looked around at all of the tearful and joyful interactions everybody was having with their families as they exchanged addresses, email addresses, AOL instant messenger handles. <laughs> and Kira and I looked at our host mother. We said thank you because we didn't know that there was much else to say and we grabbed our bags. And before we could turn around, this woman stretched out her arms and pulled both of us into the biggest hug and she began sobbing on our shoulders as we sobbed on hers 
And when we finally were able to stop crying enough to take a deep breath and look each other in the eyes for more than two seconds at a time, she smiled and she looked around and she flagged down a friend and they began whispering back and forth. And it was my experience at that point in Japan that that was the normal speaking volume for any women there. But they finished their conversation and she turned back to us and in very stuttering, broken English, she looked at the both of us and she said, you are my sunshine. Thank you.